1: controversy controversy going on, even in wrestling. Uh, I'll talk about that later, but as of the moment, I will discuss both AEW and WWE's NXT. So that's what's on tap for tonight. Sorry, I did my best JR imitation and I suck, but <clears throat> the point is, we're going to start out with AEW, Dynamite, see what went on on their end. So, there's a lot of people in wrestling and all around the world are up in arms about what's going on with the... uh <laughs> Oh, come on. They're renaming their names because they want to be fucking leavers. Who am I referring to? So, FDR, Fuck the Revival, has now changed their name to Shatter Machines. So, that's that. SmackDown Tag Team Champions beat Butcher and Blade. Who cares? The renaming of the Shatter Machine is interesting, as FTR has previously filed for the trademark for Shatter Machine. Ooh, okay, so they've gone back and forth with WWE-related trademarks, including opposing claims for FTRKO and No Flips Just this. Wednesday's broadcast of AEW Dynamite gathered 730,000 views compared to seven That's only 15,000 more, you fuck. Sorry, I just like one of my... So they now... That's, that's not much difference because not a lot of people are watching professional wrestling. I would say... Oh, okay. FDR's in-ring debut against the Butcher and the Blade, which they did defeat them. And then it says, check out our Wednesday morning preview post. Don't care, but I am reading off of your results. So AWD was logged off June 10th. Showed up though. The show opens up with a recap of last week's Cage Moxley shit. And then to the intro video. Why did you say then? I like that, but Butcher and Blade, Andy Williams, and Pepper Parks versus FGR, Cash, Wheeler, and Dax Hardwood. Ah, uh, at least they got names. Cool. Pepper smothers him in the corner. This is fucking funny. But manages to break clean. Back to the lockup, back in the corner again, and referee Paul Turn has to forcibly separate them this time. Okay, get to the fucking point. Headlock, shot-off, shoulder block. Are these guys former workers? They're using a lot of arm ringer. Yeah, they got to be former workers reading this shit because, listen, folks, it says, Parks and Hardwood to start, collar and elbow, breaks down into a shoving match. Okay, maybe they're fans that know terminologies, but still. Cagesightseats.com's got it. You guys have to be former workers. You just have to be. Sparks gets away to tag Williams, cash legal, trying to clear the apron. Andy gets caught but fights an armbar off. Wheeler, blah, blah, blah. i got to get to the good point. So FDR wins by pinball with Spike Piledriver on Sparks. Then it says, the Young Bucks come in the ring and say they don't want to be rude. They just want to congratulate them. And then they want to thank them for helping out of a jam a few weeks ago. Okay, so Andy Williams blasts him from behind. FDR attacked the Butcher, kept saving Jenny Havoc, joined the fray And then it goes to commercial break The Natural Nightmares are interviewed Backstage, so Brandi Rhodes Complains about Allie being okay So, basic female drama Ikaru Sheeta and Chris Stratlander Versus Nyla Rose and Penelope Ford Okay, so They have a tag team division Which is comprised of Talented workers But, um, I'm not gonna Okay so Stratland it turns out legal and throws Rose into the floor and get rid of her, clothing the native beast off the ropes. Dropkick, cover for two, smashing her face into the buckles. Okay, tag to Sheeta, quick tags to keep the former champ off balance. Then back from commercial break because this match is not that interesting to me, well at least me for it. Chris lands on and others who don't really care for AEW's women's division. So okay. Nyla Rose and Penelope Ford, go figure. The victory. Best friends, Chuck Taylor and Trent. Orange and Orange Cassidy versus Inner Circles Jake Hager, Ortiz, and Fantana. That's about the only interesting aspect of AEW aside from Omega and Hangman Page. And Cody and Chris. So there are interesting people, you know. And these people happen... To be in the rival AEW NXT, WWE's NXT, but let me see here. Beretta gets some breathing room at Saito Suplex. I, mean, I don't care. I, I just, at this point, folks, best friends in Orange Cassidy win by pinfall and an arm trap cradle from Cassidy on Ortiz. So, <laughs> oh boy. Just from reading that match, Post-match, Jericho and Floyd hit the ring, and he hits Trent in the gut and Orange in the face with a bat. That's funny right there. I don't care who you are. Chris gets a sack of oranges. We see that Floyd has busted Cassidy open. Jericho winds up with the sack. He nails Orange in the head with the sack of oranges. Jericho gets on the mic and says that Orange Cassidy has just been juiced. Wow. That, they, okay, so... Billy Gunn is interviewed, Maxwell MJF rolls up and takes over, says he's being undefeated for a year and has been number one for three consecutive weeks, but Jungle Boy is a title shot first. So the favoritism in this company is egregious. Even if it's not storied or not, I'm going to say this about AEW. You say there's no favoritism. There's no favoritism. So why was Jericho booked for the championship and the very first match of his against Hangman Page? Can you explain that? It was a was there any reason why he won the championship then left it at you know in a side of limousine while he's at Texas Roadhouse and got stolen from him? Anybody tell him why that's not favoritism in booking? Cody Rhodes and wins the tournament. That's not favoritism in booking. That's just booking style because he wins the tournament and he has to face Lance Archer. Okay, cool. You can say whatever you want about AEW, but it's either going to be you love him or hate him type feel and it's okay. I'll get to that later. Billy Gunn cuts him off and says he's looking at great white. MJF says he's surprised. Oh, ho, ho, ho. booking ourselves. Oh, yeah, Billy Gunn, great dude. Uh, nothing against you. But like I said, once wrestlers start booking themselves, folks, the rest will not take care of itself. Speaking from experience of watching WCW do the same shit with Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, that's totally different, man. How? I mean, they've got factions set up. You might as well call it the reincarnation of NWO Black and White and NWO Wolfpack. There's a compare and contrast. One was WCW. This is all elite wrestling. So, Wardlow intervenes and we cut away. Holy fuck, this show is long. Colt Boom Boom Cabana versus Sammy Guevara. I like Colt. Good guy. I just... There's too much shit to cover. There really is. Take hey, Guevara flipping a band of the bird right in his face. Oh, that's funny. The guy looks like a high school senior, and he's flipping someone off. The guy looks like he's got Gucci on his... I don't care. I honestly, dude, if you're Instagram messaging me about shit that I could give a fuck less about, then I'm not going to respond. For those of you wanting to send me awesome messages, messages concerns, comments, credences, grievances, Wrestle underscore radio is the place... To message moi, BTrain05000 on Instagram, BTrain05000 on Twitter, WrestleRadioNetwork forward slash Facebook dot com. Knox calls to the floor, and then we go to breaks. So and so they have to, have to go to break to advertise. And Cabana catches a springboard into a slam, moonsault on the top. I don't care. Sammy Guevara wins. like painful. With feast your eyes. Isn't that Dinovan Dykojevic's move, or did I lose sight of things? I don't know. Eyes is the phrase he says. But isn't that a catchphrase or trademark in WWE? Well, you guys must be flirting with disaster, even though Khan's a billionaire and his father owns the Jacksonville uh, Quagmires. I mean, Jack, uh, Jaguars. Here's the deal. Post match, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson come to ringside. They're soon joined by Brody Lee. Oh jeebus! He was going by his old name that he used on the Indies, and was the big fucker. So, anyways, Brody Lee comes in the gets involved. What do. Um, Sammy Guevara gets on the mic and gets cut off immediately by Matt Hardy. Sammy asks about what is his issue, and Matt says he doesn't have any issues. Actually, respects him because he's a young version of himself. So. High on Life, really cool. Uh, DUIs, DWIs, uh, Matt Hardy's a great dude. I just, like I said, I don't, there's just a lot of fallacies, folks, that happen to be in place with AEW right now. And some of you may say, well, that's not a valid concern. Oh, but it is. There is, when someone says, I see young me, and it comes to one of the hardies who paved the way for tag teams, but still to this day, people are going to tell me, why don't you just shut the fuck up and talk about the matches? I can't exactly do that justice because AEW's matches have no rules. If they did... Well, gee, I don't know. It wouldn't set them apart from WWE. So, I, you know, observing them is a pain in the ass in some aspects because I then have to subject myself to their programming and watch their bullshit, which people believe in for some reason because, oh, it reminds them of the Attitude Era or, oh, it reminds them of, I'm going to say it, old A before Hogan and Bischoff ruined everything. All AEW needs is those two coming through the doors and trying to run the entire ship into the fucking ground further than the Titanic depth right now in the ocean. So anyways, continuing, Guevara complains that Hardy trying to kill him twice and that's a fact, brings out Matt Fax version of Hardy. Sammy runs him down to the stupid and broken, blah, blah, blah. We get a uh, Oh, vignette of Joey Genoa, okay. He runs into Sunny Kiss, who gives him a ride in her convertible. Fade. John Moxley in the main event. He runs into Sunny Kiss, who gives him a ride in... Did this just... Did I just read this sentence right on Cage Side Seats? It says, He runs into Sunny Kiss, who gives him a ride in her convertible as we fade on out to be continued and so we go to break. Cole Cabana is interviewed backstage. He goes and knocks on the door, or door, the door, sign posted on it, the door opens, and he goes in, and we get a closer look and see what the sign reads. Mr. Brody Lee. The next week's show, we have Maxwell MJF versus Billy Gunn. Billy still got it. It's just, I don't know. What did I tell you? Guys booking themselves to help the younger talent put them over, is that a problem? No. It's older guys... Get in the ring. Is it a risk? Don't know. But I'm not going to hold back. I'm just going to say it. They booking. They are booking themselves. And they. I don't know. John Moxley is shown walking into the building, runs into an interview. Oh, so how is that different from WWE? His days in WWE. I, I love to hear this. Ain't going to be honest. He's in a bad mood. He hurts all over. So do I from reading this review on cage side seats. Mike Taz, who's been telling everybody that Brian Cage is going to beat him at Fighter Fest, gives a fuck. Um, it drives him and makes him train harder, hit harder, and violent, and less apologetic. With due respect, Taz is one of the great fresh talks of all time. Cage attacks him from behind. Mox fights back. red pipe through the window. Brian recovers. Spine busters him on the hood. So in other words, a street fight before a match. That's real smart, guys. That. Uh, That leads up to a build-up, and Cody Rhodes gets a pre-tape promo where he talks about his first defense of the TNT Championship. Private Party makes their entrance accompanied by Matt Hardy, and we go to break. Cody Rhodes versus Mark Quinn for the AEW TNT Championship. So, indie handshake, Quinn with a side headlock, shot off shoulder. Okay, this is basically a match. Who wins? Cody Rhodes wins by submission with a calf slicer to retain the AEW championship. So, calf crusher, calf slicer. Is it very similar to AJ Styles' calf crusher? Let me just break this show down into a nutshell. You've got Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara feuding. You now have God knows who Cody Rhodes faced. I have no idea who this Quinn dude is. But it seems like he gave him that's a hell of a good match. So Mark Quinn's face back inside looking at a trifecta, but then he won't go. Sending Cody back to the floor off the ropes. Corkscrew, tope. Okay, so... They love saying jockeying for position. so that means they're fighting one another on the top, it looks like. Rose with a Romero special falling back to and going to a dragon sleeper instead of going to full extension. Okay, so... Reading through AEW show... Um, I didn't even have to watch it to tell you The only good moment of tonight Was Jericho beating the fuck out of Orange Cassidy Thank the Lord Thank the Lord Because even though Jericho is no longer Associated with WWE anymore That's aside from the point And he hasn't been for a very long while The man's a workaholic And that's a good thing He's at least keeping this company afloat Because without him And you have Cody running this show uh, Just like Daddy God rest Dusty Soul. He is one of the best wrestlers in history. One of the most legendary guys that ever stepped foot in the ring. But there are some fat like I said, there are some fallacies in the Rhodes family, and that is trying to book and run shit as if, you know, it's gonna run smoothly. I'm confused in some aspects when it comes to AEW as far as Okay, so who's shooting with whom? And is it going to be forever? Is it going to stay the same? It's good that they change things up in some aspects, but it's also not good that we don't know who's going to be fighting whom. Like, what the fuck, man? If I wanted to walk into uh, a larger-scale indie event, I could choose from the circuits in Nashville, I could choose from the circuits in the Midwest because nobody ever follows the stories. Well, some people do, and then they yell it out loud and ruin it for everyone. But the point is, Jericho was the only fucking saving grace for tonight. Yes, Sammy Guevara is kind of like their version of Adam Cole. There can be no other Adam Cole. Well... Now I'm going to, instead of rant on, I'm going to go full on and try to find. Actually, yeah, I saw some of NXT. I saw the majority of it. I saw that Candice LeRae and Johnny Gargano opened up against Keith Lee and Mia Yim. And it was a good back and forth match, good psychology between Mia Yim and Candice. And I must say, before my volume turns on, Okay Sorry folks I get sidetracked So
0: There
1: is Ecology, tag matches, especially the guys like Keith Lee, who got—I don't know why—Candice would decide to take this, but the style of two couples versus one another, Mia and Keith Lee, Gargano and Array. Array got splashed and pounced on like Keith Lee, Lee like three times tonight, and it was awesome. Just like, oh boy, so. Cole says he's still the champ. So we opened the show with a promo, my bad. And he says he's still the champ just like he knew he would be. Velveteen Dream is great, but he's not Adam Cole, baby. So he reiterated what happened because the stipulation was if Dream lost the match at In Your House Takeover, you can never, ever get a chance to face Adam Cole again. And, you know, this is a good story, but at the same time, I keep telling you while I'm putting off my rants about this because off-the-rails censored has not been consistent as of late. So, backstage, Keith Lee eyes cold and the NXT title up and down. Cole tells Lee in his dreams and walks away. Keith Lee and Mia Yim versus Gargano and Candice LeRae. So, when Yim gets in Gargano's face. Ray gets in Lee's face. Lee picks up Larry by her waist and moves her out of the way. Gargano attacks Lee. Yeah, I like this that it started off in the mixed tag now. That's something that AEW is lagging. The fact that they can actually both shows have variety. The one problem with the other show's variety is confusing as fuck and no one I I can't follow it. Others may be able to, but it's just AEW's yep. all over the place, while well, NXT at least with a feud for a while so that fans can grasp what the fuck is going on and keep up with the story. Some fans like it. Some fans don't. I, like I said, I like to observe and, and see what's going on. So... LeRae has Yim in Straight Jacket. Yim fights out of the hole before Yim reaches Lee. LeRae cuts her off. LeRae pounds Yim from the corner. Yim drops LeRae with a soul food. Yam tagged in Lee. Okay, oh, hey, this is great. So, Yem, Dragon, Suplex, LeRae, let's see here. Yeah, Keith Lee landed on Candice by accident. It was funny as fuck. Gargano used a key again, and then uh, Gargano and Candice LeRae won the match. It was uh, kind of funny because she was out of it. You could tell she was like, I don't know where I'm at. It was great. Continue on the next page. Okay. Why do you do continue on the next page? jackasses? So hard for my thumb to hit the number two. Not really, but... Um, Damien Priest says that Finn Balor is great and he lost. No excuses. This is about what happens next round. His name will live forever. Cameron Grimes brags about beating Balor. Grimes says he isn't like a loser like Priest he got the crap beat out of him. Oh, yeah. Indus Share with Malcolm Bivens versus Mikey DelBere and Mike Reed. Indus Share wins in quick fashion after hitting their finish. That's the name of that group. Okay, so Indus Share with Malcolm Bivens. Sounds like a Monster Factory guy. I don't. Maybe he comes as a different manager. I don't know. Cameron Grimes says he can't compete tonight. Referee's on the line, William Regal. Where he wants to talk to Grimes. Grimes kind to have a broken jaw. Grimes is bragging about being, yeah, he's being fine. Referee Drake tells Grimes that Regal wants to speak to him. Regal tells Grimes he will fight Ballard tonight or else. A video package for Brazongo airs. The great technique. So Ciampa doesn't answer any of the interview's questions. Okay, so... I like how this thing has a guide on it. So Cameron Grimes versus Finn Balor. Grimes runs around the ring trying to avoid Balor. This is great. So then Balor puts Grimes in a chin lock. That's how this match starts? Okay, yeah, I saw most of it. Balor falls hands on a few more chops. And the descriptions are really cool, dude. After the break, Grimes is in bad-mouthing Balor. Balor fires up. Balor hits verse 1916. Grimes kicks out, Balor hits the double stump off the top, followed by the 1960s, and he wins. So Balor beats Grimes. There's that. Um Casey Cotonzaro versus Dakota Kai with Raquel Gonzalez. I like the pairing of Gonzalez and Dakota Kai. I think they uh, mesh fairly well, anyways. Dakota Kai gets the win, but not after some help with Raquel Gonzalez. After that, Kai says she's coming for the title for Io Shirai. Um, Dakota Kai is not a bad choice. We can put Io to the test. I don't know if uh, I might win dirty or if there might be a I don't know Rhea Ripley who basically without Gonzalez, you know Dakota Kai's career doesn't flourish without. Kodakai, Gonzalez doesn't have a career, right? But, you know, there's a lot of theories popping around about P.E.K. is going to pop back up. Kind of has already, you know, with Imperium being the tag team champions. but don't know what they're planning on, folks. We'll see. But the crowds back tonight made a huge difference. In-ring segment, Elio Del Fantasma. And Drake Maverick says he's thankful for the match, and then, oh, backstage, Strong finds a drawing of the UE laying in a pool of blood. I lo- you know what, Dexter Loomis. God bless this man. He, there's so many layers to him. But yes, Drake Maverick thanks, and 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 got beat up by the Mass Man. So, Adam Cole, the Undisputed Era versus Dexter Loomis. Loomis grabs Cole by through, you know, by the throw and tossing him back in the corner. Loomis unloads on Cole with a gut punch after gut punch. Cole rolls out of the ring. Loomis follows, and I'm reading in this in a strange excited voice. close lines into a bulldog by Loomis, so I wonder what Cole attempts the Panama sunrise, but Loomis turns it into an arm triangle. I forget what Morrow calls it, but there's interference with Roderick Strong and, and Bobby Fish, and you know, it was a great way to segue. In fact, that Dream helped Loomis out, but then carrying cross into the night with I'm coming for your title to, in uh, Scarlet as uh, Mario puts it, the Angel of Doom comes out with a sand like a small sandglass, and then she uh, turns it over with a spotlight on it and it basically fans are saying tick tock, tick tock please don't call undisputed up to the main roster, if you do just keep them in NXT main, work them to death you know, okay don't work them to death but put them somewhere where they fit they never, it seems like my own concern is come up fairly quickly and by the way, this is a segue into a copyrighted podcast those coined and phrase off the rails uncensored, on March 7, 2016. Any reproduction, likeness thereof, dissemination thereof of off the rails uncensored, you will be prosecuted to the full extent of the law, and there will be a forty-five dollar fine. So, if you have children under the age of eighteen. I will not apologize to you in public after they repeat what I just fucking said. So, I dropped more F-bombs than D-Day, and I actually sprinkle them in quite nicely. Not every other sentence is, you know, fuck this, fuck that, but this, the following content of Off the Rails Uncensored is not suitable for the issues of minors under the age of 18. The content of this podcast contains explicit language and is not to be repeated in any office or any professional work any professional workplace. Um, So, anyways, you're about to get inside my head. Buckle up for the fucking ride, and um, I cannot guarantee that I will not not offend you. So, if you do get uncomfortable with my show, you always the choice to leave. So, uh, enjoy. And I cannot, like I said, I cannot guarantee that you won't be offended. You may love my show because I'm straightforward. But anyways, monkey's in the truck. Please, my music.
0: Look in my eyes, what do you see? The cost of personality.
1: So, questions, comments, concerns, oh my, it's always good to have questions and comments about a wrestling show, concerns, that depends on the level of uh, concern about that professional wrestling group, NXT, yeah, thats it's starting to raise eyebrows because Karrion Cross comes over And basically, essentially, during In Your House Takeover specifically, starts to look a lot like Mr. Lesnar. Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Let me answer my own question. It is a bad thing. When you look like another worker, and that raises a lot of concern with the fans because, well... After enduring the fact that Lesnar got built up all the way to Royal Rumble, and got booted out by uh, McIntyre at the Royal Rumble, that made fans happy. It made us feel like you actually were listening to our concerns. That is a, an example of a good concern. A bad concern is the following: um, How long is Adam Cole going to be champion? He's lost the title very, you know, very few times. Uh, he's always in the title picture because he's an outstanding worker. There's no doubt about it. My only concern is how long uh, is he going to be champion? Because it's been, let's see here, 374 days now. One must wonder what it's going to take. Is it going to take Karrion Cross or Keith Lee? You know, it's, it's whomever the company decides in some ways, but I but this is just a guess. We don't know the inner workings, how the backstage area looks. You know, when Shawn Michaels and Hunter and the executive producers, the senior producers, and whatnot decide, okay, this cat's going to win the NXT Championship. This is how it's going to go. We don't know this as fans. Although as a worker, it doesn't mean he gives you the oh, oh yeah, I'm a worker, I must know everything. Feel no. From personal observation, if I was going to say, just to guess, that everybody's going to be gunning for Adam Cole, because why? He's the champion. What raises concern, though, is if you bring – a lot of people will jump to conclusion, like, oh, Adam Cole is going to main roster now. I Look, over the years that I've watched Adam Cole, he does his job gets you to turn on the TV and absolutely hate his guts and some people follow him. It's like Hogan's personality meets Shawn Michaels blended in with Ric Flair and those are the three big name wrestlers of our time aside from, there's a lot of big name wrestlers, but as far as standing out in the press, making headlines, marqueeing big named arenas after big named arenas like Hogan. Viper, Savage, Flair, Warrior, Rhodes, Don Morocco, you, you name it. Peter Johnson, Bruiser Brody. Look, Adam Cole is the protege of Triple H and Shawn Michaels. No, he... He's been in this business for quite some time. And the fun part is, Adam Cole being champion, it doesn't bother some people. It may bother those of us who want to see a different person hold the strap. Keith Lee already has a North American championship. Like I said, maybe we could do an even exchange, like have Keith Lee drop the title to, oh, I don't know, Damian Priest, I don't know if Damien's ready. Although he did show really cool match style against Finn Balor. There's a lot of guys and gals in that NXT locker room that really show a presence, if you will. And just by observing them, yes, yeah, like well, you're really critical of certain things. Karrion Cross is one of those names that comes up as killer, you know, killer cross. No. It's just, he just. He strikes me as the type that I wouldn't really. I wouldn't really want him to work a championship match this soon, but a guy his height. You have no choice. And it's because his match with Champa was the drizzling shit. If I'm being honest, if I'm being honest as a fan, there wasn't one point in the match that made me go, well, I want to go out and buy Cross's t-shirts, said no one ever. But the crowd tonight through NXT, TikTok, TikTok, please shut up. I love the fact that the crowd is back, but this is what encourages bad booking (laughs) In NXT, well, the crowd ate it up, so we're going to book it. Oh, boy, um, we've fallen under the Michael Hay syndrome of, all oh, they ate it up once. They'll eat it up and eat it up until we make them puke it out. We'll make them pick up their puke and put it back in their mouths, metaphorically speaking. <laughs> what am I referring to? You know how many times that Lesnar got booked against caliber talent like Finn Balor and Samoa Joe? And I heard Paul Heyman say something. If we would have known that Joe works the way he does, we would have been wanting. He would you rather prefer a uh, ninety-second match or twenty-five minutes, thirty minutes, ninety-minute match? You know, an Iron Man match. What Paul was saying was, didn't mind working Samoa Joe. He goes, I don't have any control over what the powers that be do. But, you know, you go with what they tell you, or you go home. I didn't say that in those exact words at the uh, meeting in Brooklyn before WrestleMania 35, which I was in attendance for as one of the last WrestleManias that actually had a crowd. I'm hoping and praying that WrestleMania has activity next year, but I'm not holding my breath. So anyways, Carrying Cross reminds me of Lesnar. That's a fucking concern, because... Fans really were not receptive of Lesnar retaining as long as he did and dragging it out all the way to Rumble. Really, not till I mean till after Rumble. So it really is a concern. It's not a good one. Like if you have a concern about okay, what's my hours at work? That's different. But this. Is You know, Tom Fuckery at its best, because now they just gave the hint that Karrion Cross may be in the running for the NXT Championship, but I don't know about y'all, but I'm considering the fact that Velveteen Dream has been knocking on the door. Yes, that man has controversy, and yes, for those of us who read, Velveteen Dream was involved in an incident where it was vandalism of a vehicle outside a mall parking lot in Orlando, Florida. Yeah. Dream was one of the men that was identified in the lineup. So he got rid of that fucking charge. Then he was cited for taking dick pics and sending them to minors. I believe he was clear to that charge too. So they're building this up to where if Karrion Cross wins it, are you going to have Karrion Cross drop the title because Delveteen Dream or Tommaso Ciampa... Is going to get involved I mean this is pretty fairly quick For a guy to win a championship This is dieseling it And for those of you who don't know diesel Kevin Nash Same guy Big daddy cool Is going to make you pay I can't do a good impersonation of Kevin Nash And I'm not Big Hyde or Kevin Nashite So Anyways <clears throat> It's a legitimate concern Because no one, and I mean no one, wants to see NXT fall under the spell of what main roster falls under, and that's, why? Why'd you do this to us? What did we ever do to you, type thing. It makes one wonder. The concern just goes out the fucking window. Why? Well... the concern that goes out the fucking window would be what time are we supposed to show up to the arena and how many people can show up for the performance center shows? See, that concern is like, okay, well, you get to go or you don't. This concern is this guy, his mannerisms, his moves in the ring, his suplexes, his throws, the only difference is body weight. Lesnar weighs over 300 pounds. This fucker weighs 280 and it's, it's very, very reminiscent of the guy that got found out for doing, you know, gay porn. In other words, Lars Sullivan. We all have our demons. We all have our, you know, monsters and stuff. But this guy better not have some... Well, I'll take that back. In wrestling, you're always going to have those who did shit behind the scenes. And then it happens to everyone. Everyone has their fucking problems. But anyways... Let us pray that he expands his offense and doing things other than belly to back Germans, release Germans. Oh and the corner the corner offensive moves are very similar to Brock's. And I'm starting to wonder if that's going to be how he works in the near future. Just saying, folks, I mean it you could Either be a hindrance or help if he changes his style. Because there's now a teaser for carrying Cross and Adam Cole. Because what if Velveteen Dream faces anyone but Adam Cole? That was the deal. So in turn, it's a good thing. Uh, it's a concern, though. What kind of match is it going to be? Because Cole would really have to... Put on a clinic to make that guy look good. Champa tried. But it failed, Major. So, I'm going to take a break. Just a small tidbit break. To tell you all that if you, when the pandemic is over and Monster Factory opens its doors back up, be sure to visit www.monsterfactory.org. Do not email the office because no one's there. Or they are, but you know, you can call the number that's located on the website. Do not call at certain hours. Feel free to even text. There is a phone number so for this world famous Monster Factory that is located in Paulsboro, New Jersey. I believe. I don't know if, if uh, Danny and them are going to still do birthday parties or whatnot from now, it's suspended because of the pandemic, I believe he just said. So uh, that was a long time, so not just he said, but sorry, I just was reading the website. The world famous monster factory teaches you more than just one aspect of professional wrestling in the initial way is you invest in yourself. That's their sales pitch, and they're sticking to it. It actually means. You really truly believe that you wanna become a professional wrestler, you gotta invest in yourself. You wanna be a commentator, ring announcer, valet, manager, referee, they will teach you. And speaking from experience, these this group of people, man, they are the best. They are the best by far. So believe what you wanna believe. I No, I'm serious. These guys are the real deal. No, it's it's serious, though. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, seriously. Like, it's... They're a great school.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: They really emphasize Teaching people the correct way Instead of just rushing through things Or Doing things your own way And then figuring out that you're wrong When you get to the arena Or Yeah They teach placement Where to stand How to set up a ring Danny Cage is one of the best guys you will ever meet. Mm Mm-hmm. He is. And I'm being honest. That's exactly... No, I'm being dead honest. Like, he... Yeah,
0: it's true. He...
1: I gotta do the rest of my show, yes. So Shawn Michaels was seen backstage, you know, arguing with someone about, you know, we all need to be treated equally. The argument started over police and then Floyd's death. It was cited by several different sources, such as .com, Bleacher Report, Forbes, Shawn Michaels. Have this argument, I guess, from one of the producers of the incident that happened with George floyd, so it's yeah it's a mess is what it is, and it's not I'm not gonna discuss that in the entire fucking show because, like I said, I don't like politicizing anything when it comes to professional wrestling, you know, yes, George Floyd is gone. And his memory, you know, has been kept alive by those who were protesting and trying to make a difference so that authoritative figures such as the police will not, you know, if they have to use excessive force, they can no longer use chokeholds. that, well, like I said, I'm not going to politicize this fucking podcast, but I will say, you know, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can message me at wrestle underscore radio. Russell, Russell Radio Network forward slash Facebook dot com. Just don't be facetious about it. Don't be jump to the conclusion, and say, Well this guy this podcast is motherfucking racist. Like no. I'm three different races. So I understand you're gonna hear what I'm gonna say about it, but I'm gonna do it behind closed doors. I don't choose to do it on here. Because that's just, you know, my take on it is If you have an opinion, I will gladly listen to you But um, This is professional wrestling And yes, Shawn Michaels Probably made some comments he should not have But you're not going to change people's minds Because they're already set in their way, trust me It works the same in professional wrestling Uh, Any job position you have If that person's already Set in their mind How they feel They're not going to want to Get down to your level unless you find a way to get them to that level. So, everyone makes mistakes. Everyone sits in the backstage area differently, and then, you know, they there's di- different people, different ways, different opinions. If Shawn Michaels had a disagreement with somebody, it probably was the fact that some people's opinions really can be skewed easily because of the social media sources they use or try to utilize. So there's that. Oh, and um, questions, comments, concerns. Oh, my. I don't have any general concerns about AEW. Do you know why? Because week after week, it's the same old shit of you don't know what the fuck's going to happen. So how is that different? How is them starting new feuds with different workers? Oh, work this guy, work this guy. Different feuds is one thing. But now fans are going to be confused as fuck. Why is he facing this guy? Didn't they have a feud with him before? And trademarking. Read. Read. That's not my concern anymore. It's not anyone's concern for that, really. FTR changed it to the shatter machine. So you're using trademarks that go along with WWE. Well, you guys are a dime a dozen, AEW is, saying that. Uh, they haven't, <clears throat> that they were not going to oversaturate their roster with WWE talent. Yet here they are with guys like Jake the Snake, Taz, Arne, Taz is technically more of ECW, but Arn Anderson, Billy Gunn, who's now in a match, Arn Anderson Spy, tried to give the Spy Buster to Jake the Snake. So not only do you have old guys running around, these old guys to help pave the way for certain professional wrestlers and influenced them. You've got Cody Rhodes, who's not an old dude, but saying stuff like we're not going to oversaturate our roster with former WWE talent. We're going to be more homegrown. It raises eyebrows when you say shit like that. And Khan says he knows we're exactly like that, but we're different. No, the fuck you're not. Because even WWE confuses a lot of folk when it comes to stories and feuds. And also, they wouldn't. If, if AEW was in the position of WWE to have all the trademarks, have all the accolades, have everything regarding company-wise, be a little bit smarter because if you use someone's move like the F5 and call it the F10, that's different. At least it's called, a, you know, but it's still F. F5, F10 doesn't fucking matter. If someone used a similar maneuver to Adam Cole, that's not a concern. What a concern is the fact that they say things not outlandish, but kind of it's very ludicrous to say somebody, oh well. We're different from them because we do this. No, you're not much different than WWE because it's a little bit bigger ring. It's very similar to WCWs. The names, Nitro, no, Dynamite, Nitro, WCW, Nitro, AEW, Dynamite. So give them credit in changing names of a show, but here's the thing. I have to discredit them for saying things and going against what they said. Has WWE done that? Yes. AEW is a brand new company Based out of Jacksonville, Florida One of my wrestling friends On Facebook I don't know him all that well But Fuego Del Sol Ended up in a dark match In AEW So that's a pretty big deal I ain't talking about debuts I'm talking about Tonight's show's theme is If We are concerned About certain things in professional wrestling Anyways, folks, as I read this, boy, a lot of fans are sending messages and they're hating on one another. But anyways, um, okay, well, Enough controversy, enough ending. So, folks, let's just fucking do this, okay? So, anyways, as I was saying, AEW.
0: Oh
1: boy! Please, (laughs) gonna have to block some of you from this list. We start a nice discussion group and it end up in controversy. Oh boy! Oh, my. All right. Yeah. AEW's like WCW. I agree. Finally, somebody with some reason. They're like WCW, but a modern version. They've got Tony Schiavone, Jim Ross and Schiavone, the two voices of the uh, Monday Night Wars. and It was very, very... Very, very interesting. Up until they started doing feuds that didn't make sense, and the women's division that does uh, kind of exist with Nyla Rosen and Kirushita, Britt Baker, come on, really? Aubrey, who's a referee, you know, he gets a lot, she gets a lot of attention. She even has her own shirt. Um, is it a bad thing that referees have their own merchandise at a pro level? Uh, in some ways, yes. In some ways, Depends on the person But I, I paused a Because I got a lot of comments I even had a racial slur thrown out just now So What well, I'm going to tell you all For those of you who are sending me racial slurs um, More power to you Because <clears throat> I don't concern myself By politicizing The wrestling podcast And for those of you who just sent a lovely Message to me I'm going to read one out loud Because this is exactly what I feared was going to happen. You know that Blank's death was just a ploy to have a conspiracy to create division between you all. I hope you're happy that you say you don't politicize your podcast. By the way, I think AEW is the drizzling shit too, but I don't agree with your political views. I just fucking said, Damon, I just said that I'm not politicizing shit on air. Because this is a professional wrestling podcast I'm going to leave it at that If you have any more concerns Questions, comments, concerns You can message me Wrestle underscore radio And <clears throat> Just just go from there Okay so Alright hmm. If you didn't like what good old Brian Reynolds I had to say Then I got three choice words for you forget about it dramatic bug. and well I shall s- broadcast to you On Monday with Lady Lynn and Wednesday again at the same time. Enjoy, folks! To little bitches, I got to go to sleep because I got work in the morning.
0: Ticket.